0: And I want to dedicate this to Howard, 200. who is a United Methodist, to join us in hey, worship. Hey. So let's all say hello to Howard. Hello, Hi, hello Howard. Hi. Howard. Hi. Howard. <laughs> I'm going to have him share a little later in the service.
1: Jesus.
2: Praise Him, number 53 in the purple praise book,
1: Jesus is King.
2: Church. Our opening hymn this morning from the red hymn number 100: "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel." 121, O Little Town of Bethlehem, in honor of the birthday of Randy Cross, we'll sing verses 1 and 4. O
1: Little Town of Bethlehem, how still.
0: television and radio and YouTube and all the means of communication to get the word out we're a small group um, we're great in quality and few on quantity but I'm wondering Howard would you feel comfortable coming up and sharing a little bit about yourself and your life a minute or so what brought you here this morning what you're hearing is gonna be the first time for me too
3: well good morning I'm Howard Solheim. Good morning lifelong Methodist. Grew up in Princeton, Minnesota. Latest church, unfortunately, was uh, Community United Methodist in Columbia Heights, and they sold their buildings. So I've been kind of, uh, you know, doing virtual, which I prefer not to do. But I just moved here a week ago. I googled it and I found it right away. So, <laughs> I'm really happy to be here, but I've been Methodist since I'm five years old. My mother was uh, Superintendent Sunday School, my uh, father and I did the early service, we were ushers, but I am happy to meet you. Real, I don't drive, so it's real easy for me to find. Thank you. Thank you, welcome. welcome.
0: Can I have a word of prayer with you up here? Yeah. So everything is just fresh here, and as, uh, as I mentioned to you, I've been a Methodist minister for like 50 years. and retired Colonel Air Force, and I hope you don't hold that against me at all.
3: No. But my family, we got, uh, father's a Marine. My uh, grandfather, when he came over from Norway, came over from Norway in 1900, he was a World War I hero. He got gassed. And the only thing about it is, the only thing that stuck with it, he, he could never grow hair again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he was a sheriff in Barnes County, Valley City, North Dakota. Biggest, ugliest you ever since, six foot five, just a giant, <laughs> soft-spoken, but he, he was a World War One hero.
0: Oh, bless your heart. And how do you spell your last name?
3: Okay. Solheim is Sunny Valley, S-O-L-H-E-I-M, it means Sunny Valley in uh, Norwegian.
0: And you've been committed to Christ for how many? Uh,
3: uh, Sunday school. Five years old.
0: Isn't that something?
3: Yeah. They were uh, people I went to Sunday school was confronted with. pastor was uh, Reverend Delton Kruger.
0: Delton Kruger. He was my DS, my district superintendent, <coughs> up in the northeast corner. You know, Delton's still living.
3: Uh, somebody told me a couple years ago that he was doing something at the Mall of America.
0: Yes. He, you know, he did some weddings there and and some... Services, but he was your minister at what location?
3: No, oh, Princeton, sir. Oh, Princeton,
0: towards the last there.
3: Yeah, like I can see right where I grew up. He was always the minister. He confirmed me. Confirmed and me. how old
0: are you? I'm seventy. Well, AIM <laughs> in class of seventy-one. Exactly. Well, bless your heart. I'm I'm still seventy, but I'll be seventy-one here in a few hours from the class of. 1970. So, what, what's probably the, the greatest? When, if someone were to ask you, what was the greatest moment in your life? How would you describe that greatest moment in your life?
3: Oh, nobody's ever asked me that before.
0: Well, take your time. Are you a married man?
3: I was. Okay, uh, children? Yes, first grad. Got my first job December 12th. Uh, got married December 19th and pulled a U-Haul to Fullerton, California on December 24th. Those are probably the best times of my life, okay. when I finally, after all those years of going to school and all the money it cost, me and my parents and stuff like that, I got, I got the piece of paper, got the first job, and I'm divorced now, but I was married for over 20 years.
0: Oh, well, bless your heart. I oftentimes tell people the greatest moment in my life is when I accepted the Lord. And there's subsequent great experiences when I met my wife at seminary, and and they're kind of turned into all cemeteries now, you know, because they're so liberal. And while I was going to United Theological Seminary, I I served for a while at Centennial, or the Columbia Heights, the school system there. And they were pretty radical back in the 50 years, 50, 60 years ago, and I'm sure they're... But I'd like to have a word of prayer for you, okay? Father, I just want to thank you for bringing Howard to us today, and and he's certainly a wise man, because wise men and women both seek Christ, just like wise men sought Christ. And I just want to thank you, Father, that you're speaking to his heart during our worship services, as through the airways, and through television and radio and other means of communication, that wise men and women still seek Christ. And they, Still want to grow in their their relationship with Christ. I thank you, Father, for His family that raised him and for the relationships that nurtured him. And, and I thank you for a Savior that forgives our sins and comes into our hearts and lives when we ask Jesus in a simple way we admit our sins and we come into Christ. And would you repeat after me, our dear Jesus?
3: Dear Jesus,
0: I thank you. I thank you for being with me.
3: For being with me.
0: For forgiving my sins.
3: For forgiving my sins.
0: I've sinned I've sinned and things I've done. And things I've done. And left undone.
3: And left undone.
0: And I thank you for your forgiveness. And I thank
3: you for your forgiveness.
0: And for being with me. And for being with me. And filling me with your Holy Spirit.
3: And filling me with your Holy Spirit.
0: In Jesus' name.
3: In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: And we're going to have the coffee hour in your honor. Immediately following our worship service. Are you able to stay here?
3: Certainly. 45
0: certainly. minutes? No, so I'm you, glad I found you guys. Well, we're twice as glad that we found you, that the Lord has found you. So we'll bless you and you can kind of mingle and get to know people and, and we're kind of relaxed. I've served a number of churches in, in the state of Minnesota, Bertha Hewitt Wrightstown, um, Deer River Big Falls. That's where Delton Kruger was my district superintendent. You know, he'd come in the middle of winter and he'd sleep on it in a tent, Hmm. in a snowbank. He was just such an aesthetic aesthetic kind of guy, and here here a few years ago, I called and out of nowhere. He said, how come you called me out of nowhere? And I said, well, your name just came to my mind, and I I wanted to thank you for the ministry, because he was a a really unique kind of guy, unique kind of guy, and I'm I'm gonna call him this week and say that Howard came, and spoke and just gave him high reviews so well bless you let's give Howard a round of applause thank you you. we want to thank all those who are joining us by way of television and radio and other means of communication we are our warm and loving congregation we just want to reach out to the community through all kinds of means of communication so Let's go to the Lord in prayer. shall we pray? Father God, we just want to thank you that the shepherds in Luke talks about the the average Christian object objects, maybe to the suggestion of perpetual witnessing, but using the familiar excuse that people would think that odd or no one would listen. well, on the contrary, the only witness that the world listens to as a year-round witness everybody everybody talks about christ at christmas but god is seeking those who who astonish the world and and gain a hearing in the one who witnesses when it is not the popular season to do so we find that the angels glorify god and the shepherds return glorify god and praising god in verse 20 of luke Help us not to take credit for the supernatural experiences because you give us supernatural experiences. They did not claim to be morally better than others. Hence, their selections to receive the news. The shepherds, they did not claim unusual powers of prophecy or religion. The shepherds simply glorified and praised God. We could continue our Christmas spirit in the same manner for the same purpose. We thank you for Howard and all those who may be listening by way of television or radio or other means of communication, YouTube and Facebook. Christmas comes at the end of the calendar year, but it is really just the beginning of the story of Christ. The birth of a babe, the Emmanuel, Christ wishes. This should be the the beginning of a, a new year of praise and witness for christ in our lives we pray father your blessings upon our service now as we continue to worship in spirit and in truth we ask O oh lord that you would silently move in our hearts and our lives grant us the glories of the christmases past and grant us the blessings of the day and the future From
4: Good morning, Chris. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 19. Your wickedness will punish you, and your apostasies will convict you. Know and see that it is evil and bitter for you to forsake the Lord your God. The fear of me is not in you, says the Lord God of hosts. And then Proverbs 18, 19. 1814. human spirit will endure sickness, but a broken spirit, who can bear? And then Job 23, 3 through 9, oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I might come even to his dwelling. I would lay my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would learn what, what he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in the greatness of his power? No, but he would give heed to me. There, an upright person could reason with him, and I should be acquitted forever by my judge. If I go forward, he is not there or backward. I cannot perceive him. On the left, he hides, and I cannot behold him. I turn to the right, but I cannot see him. Here ends the reading of the word. Good
2: morning, brothers and sisters. Good morning, Mike. The third candle in the advent represents the joy with Jesus' arrival and through his salvation that he gifted and blessed us with. The candle is also known as the shepherd's candle or the candle of joy. It symbolizes the joy in the shepherds when they discovered the newborn Christ. We may also share this joy God's plan being among those who come to faith in his son, Jesus Christ. This plan was to restore us to be direct family members of Father God and give us what was foretold by the prophets through his life, death, and resurrection. Our joy comes from not only what Jesus said and did in his earthly life, but especially because of the truth, and what was prophesied about his life and about him and why he lived and died here on earth. <coughs> Human beings are lost creatures and we're eternally separated from God because of sin. But now we may participate in a joyful celebration because that horrific separation that we suffer from God was restored when we found when we find and found faith in His Son, Jesus Christ. We may rejoice in the fact that our eternal separation from God has been forever done away with by the righteous and perfectly acting in our faith in Him, Jesus Christ. The perfect scripture I found about this joy, there's a lot of scriptures that held the word joy. This one I found particularly perfect it's found in Romans chapter 15 verse 13 may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace of believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope I say amen to that Then we pray
5: Lord Jesus we thank you for your son we thank you for that baby that was born 2000 years ago for us for every person that has ever lived that will ever live God we thank you for the joy that that does bring our heart to know that you gave us a way to be reconciled to you to live a whole life knowing you believing in you loving you and through that we can learn to love others view others through your eyes God, there's so much that entails that word joy. But your birth, the the birth of your son, is the epitome of joy that we can all have. All we have to do is accept him as our Savior and know that he loves us, that you love us, God, just thank you and praise you for everything that you do for us. But thank you for that son that you sent to us to reconcile us to you so that we can be one family, one love with you. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen.
0: Thank you, Mike and Tina. You're Tina and Mike for that fine sharing. Father, always... Um, prayed and wished for a, a daughter. We got stuck with three, three boys, myself as a per- firstborn, and Tim and Terry. So it was kind of a natural response when our firstborn came along. It was that we would have to choose a, a joy. Joy. And joy is probably going to be with us next Sunday, and our daughter Joy... Retired Flight Surgeon Colonel Air Force and working part-time at, raised her two children part-time at St. Luke's Hospital and is on call here in HCMC down here. And her second daughter is Hope. And then our third child is Christian. So we're thankful for family. And one of the things that I recall during the lighting of the Advent wreath movie, the PTL Club, the PTL Club put out daughters or put out dolls representing the time of the lighting of the candles and we got joy, one of these joy dolls a hope, hope doll and during one of our experiences of the lighting of the advent adventaries in, in Dearer, Minnesota you probably recall this too, Chris where you'd pull a string on the doll and it would start saying, joy to the world. And, of course, joy pulled that string, and during the service, joy to the world, and during the lighting the candle. And and even to this day when we talk, you know, it's almost 40, 50 years ago when we go back there, and some of the living ones, they talk about that they never forget the, the joy that it's brought, you know, to their hearts and their lives, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That's Nehemiah 8:10. That that reminds us. Nehemiah during Nehemiah's day, they they experienced total annihilation of their 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 faith and some of their problems. Nehemiah 8:10, and that's one of my favorite passages. And even amidst the chaos and the misery and the backsliding and all the terrible things that went on, Nehemiah could say that the joy of the Lord is my strength. Would you stand with me before we go to the Lord and message? Father, we're standing on your premises and on your promises. We thank you for this church. We thank you for the building. We thank you for those who share this church and worship with us. Now I pray that the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth would be acceptable to thee. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a Tremendous problems that are going on in the world and chaos, and it's uh, not for you and I to deny that. And I, I want to talk a, a little bit about escaping from misery. You know, the times that we live in, you know, are called to be joyous times. A person who once lived under the smile of God experienced agony when that smile has turned into a frown. The challenges that you and I meet, you think of the past, you think of the fellowship that you enjoyed, you think of the fruits of the spirit of love and joy and peace and patience and long suffering and meekness and gentleness and kindness and self-control, which delighted in your every day. And now that it seems like the terrible forebodings of the future may be overwhelming you. And many of us, we return to the times of our past, and we recall the joys of mom and dad and brother and sister, and around the simplicity of the Christmas tree and the simplicity of worship. It used to be in the small town of Eagle Bend, Minnesota, you could just drive maybe at just almost a few feet, and there'd be nativity scenes, nativity scenes out in front porches and front lawns of individuals. Now, as I drive from Brooklyn Park to the church here in Robbinsdale I have yet to see a nativity sign a nativity sign which basically reveals the the true essence of the scriptures in the time instead of certainty we live in we abide in a time of doubt great doubt now if you're new to us we have the sermon outline listed in the back of the bulletins, the back of the bulletins, and many of you will look at that because we realize that all of us are challenged by certain things in the week that cause us to forget the message of the day. No human spirit can sustain its energies under such burdens that we live in today. Believe me, the, the backslider, And if you're not really going forward in your faith, if you're not going onward with Christ, there's not such a thing as stability. You're digressing. You're backsliding. The scriptures that my wife had shared, Jeremiah 2.19, that thine own wickedness, wickedness, our own wickedness of thought and mind or doing shall correct thee and and talking about the conscience and thy backsliding shall reprove thee know therefore and see that it is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the lord thy god and that my fear is not in thee saith the lord god of hosts basically it's talking about you know the joys that we experience and i think that the there's an overflow going on at the particular si- time of christmas because Everybody will, will say happy holidays and I'll correct them and say Merry Christmas because it is Merry Christmas. The word backsliding is printed right in our Bibles. I do not say that the backslider is lost. I, I do say that the backslider is miserable beyond words, and whether you're feminine or masculine. The joy... And the awful price of backsliding is the loss of joy and the loss of peace and the loss of hope the new testament has the word to say knowing that the one that is such con- subverted and sinneth being condemned of himself in titus chapter 3 verse 11. a backslider carries within themselves the awful knowledge that they are giving comfort and aid to the enemy because whenever we backflight the enemy to the faith is Satan the devil he is they are always constantly condemning themselves they may well say the words of the poet who says my conscience hath a thousand several tongues and our consciences our consciences have a thousand tongues and every tongue brings in a several tale, and every tale condemns us as a villain and apart from God. A backslider cannot convince themselves they're a from their own conscience. They must get away from themselves and shake off the, the thousand witnesses which are always carrying them about in the, the, the trials of the day and before they can be alone. There's this sense of condemnation springing up and over spreads the soul as spontaneously as a briar and, and the thorns spring up in our uncultivated fields. And the writer in times past has compared sinful pleasures, the sinful pleasures to bees, to bees, which though they may have a drop of honey in their mouth, the tail of each is armed with a sting. This is the misery of the backslider. You can be living in the midst of the holiday joys and the holiday seasons and the holiday excitements, but there can still be a vacuum. There can still be an emptiness, a a void, and especially after the holiday season leaves us. His or her conscience is awakened by the Spirit of God, and this God-given faculty upbraids him continually without respite. It's a ceaseless cross-examination that's going on in our lives, folks. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18, 14, that the spirit, that your spirit will sustain you in your infirmity, but a wonderful spirit who can bear. And a backslider is a spirit whom sin, sin is wounded. Let me tell you something. There is no manliness or womanliness or fortitude that can bear up under the horrors of guilt guilt is a killer a number of years ago many books were authored but about whatever happened to the word guilt but would god be a good god if god were to allow you to to drift would you like to drift in life That's a question, what's your response? I don't think you want to drift. Drifting is not a satisfactory response to going forward in life. But would God be a good God if God were to allow you or I to drift without qualms of conscience and torment of mind? Would God be a good God were God to allow us to carelessly miss the way only to condemn us finally upon our deathbeds? Thank God for the conscience that he he has within us that he speaks to our hearts before our deathbed. And what would you say for real religion? If you could enjoy such a close communion with your Savior with all its accompanying happiness and then have that relationship change without being alarmed into horror of such occurrences. Of course, the soul. Your soul is sensitive. Who can deny it? In the book of Genesis, in the Genesis account of our trespasses, is it possible that one night, one night intervene between the time of Satan's triumph over Adam? and Eve and the coming of God to walk in the Garden of Eden. Perhaps God did allow Adam and Eve just enough time to sense their awful aloneness. It's a terrible feeling to be alone, not at peace with God. The record says in Genesis chapter 3, 7, and they sowed fig leaves, fig leaves together and made themselves aprons there must have been an interval. What a dreadful night it must have been. What, what the horror of the soul. What a fearful forebodings that a sense of guilt must have set in. Can anyone fathom the shame and the despair of those hours? Only the backslider knows the taste of such unmixed bitternesses of sin. The language of Job expresses the misery, the misery of the backslider. That person who is out of step with God, when he says in Job, Job chapter 23, verses 3, 4, 8, 9, Oh, that I knew, oh, that I knew where I might find God, that that I might come even to seat myself next to God. I would order my cause before God and I would fill my mouth with arguments. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there and I I go backward, but I cannot perceive God on the left where he doth work, but I cannot behold God. He, He hideth himself even on the right hand that I cannot see him. Job chapter 23, the backslider. And at times in our lives, we all come to the point where we find that we're not progressing in our faith. We're truly digressing or backsliding. The backslider knows a lonesomeness and a misery that they wouldn't wish on a dog. He gets, they get to a place where they just keep on blaming themselves and blaming others. They say it over and over again, I, I don't blame God. I, I just blame myself and I don't see how God can ever forgive me and how God can ever trust me again. I want to say to you friends by way of television and radio and those who are present, YouTube and other means of communication, the theories are signs. These are real signs of real repentance. They cannot be mistaken, and I am certain as I have existed, that if you persevere, God will be found next to you and to the joy of your heart you'll have that everlasting joy oftentimes differentiate the joy of god from the joy of the world because joy is jesus first others second and yourself last unbelief never ceases to be ingenious in inventing instruments by which we we torture our souls unbelief Unbelief will always whisper, always whisper to you. Yes, the Bible does record many instances where the desperately sick were cured by the Savior. But where is there one instance in the entire gospel where one's eyes were twice enlightened or deaf ears opened twice or tied tongues twice unloosened or any possessed of devils, twice dispossessed. No doubt Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, would have repeated these miracles, but do we read them wherever he did so? Then unbelief will ask, is there any reason to suppose that Christ will twice forgive? Let the Bible answer the voice of our unbelief plainly and truthfully as Hosea says, I will heal I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, believe these words. But you say my sins are ever before my mind and the constant recognition of them distracts and terrifies my soul. Father God, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed and all in prayer, this awareness only proves that the mind has a a looking faculty similar to that of the body. Body. When the eyes looks at black or red, the brain recognizes the color viewed. Emotions are produced in the soul in accordance with the object upon which the mind eye is fixed. And whether it be the black or the heinous nature of sin committed or the crimson blood of Jesus Christ, which is the atonement for all. And just as sure as we have power to command command our physical eyes, we have equal power to command the the looking faculty in our souls. The psalmist in the Old Testament deals with this very problem when he says our sins are ever before us in Psalm 51.3. But in another psalm he declares, I have set the Lord always before me, Psalms 16 verse 8. We must do the same. We must fix our attention upon a compassionate Lord who proved at Calvary his willingness to forgive, and we may realize that the average, the average Christian objects to the suggestion of perpetual witnessing, using the familiar excuse that people would think they're odd and no one would listen. But on the contrary, the only witness that the world listens to is a year-round witness. Everybody talks about Christ at Christmas. But the person who astonishes the world and gains a hearing is the one who witnesses when it's not the popular season to do so. Must as the shepherds, Lord, as the shepherds return glorifying and praising God, they did not take credit for their supernatural experience. They they did not claim to be morally better than others, hence their selection to receive the news. They did not claim unusual powers of prophecy or religion they they simply glorified and praised god and we should continue our christmas spirit in that same manner for the same purpose christmas comes at the end of the calendar year but it is really just the beginning of the story of christ this should be the beginning of a new year of praise and witness for christ in our lives as we backslidden in our daily worship and praise of you, help us to be on, on the incline. Help us to climb that hill of doubt and despair. Help us to have that Christmas spirit year-round. And would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I thank you for forgiving my sin, for coming to my heart and life, and help me, O oh Lord, to live victorious for you. In Jesus' name, amen. And would you turn to our offertory prayer as the offering is sent around, offering plates. Print it in your bulletin, our offertory prayer. And from his fullness have we all received grace upon grace for the law was given through Moses Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, John 1, 16 through 17. As the offering is taken up, would you turn to the offertory hymn, Take the name of Jesus with you, Red Hymnals number 66, Red Hymnals number 66, Take the name of Jesus with you. Thank you. <laughs> is fun. I pray that the grace and the peace of God the Father Almighty would go forth and abide with us now and forevermore. bless our food and our fellowship in this holy of holy weeks in Jesus name, amen. amen
4: Amen let's close with our purple praise, Emmanuel number 16 and then we'll sing happy birthday to Randy after that Happy birthday to Randy.